Welcome. Thank you once again for hanging out with us. This is the one and only IT in the D show. We're at episode 424 broadcasting from our quarantine home. Are we not in quarantine anymore? What am I saying? This is uh, your host, Bob Waltenspiel, hanging out with my producer, Randy Walker. Guest this week, old friend. I think you're on episode four and a few in between, but uh, Billy Strotter's in the house. He's the owner and publisher of Black Magazine. You can find us online, IT in the D. .com. Do us a favor, give us a like on the socials, subscribe everywhere, fine podcasts are sold. We had a great event last Thursday over at Yield Saloon. It's a cool little venue um, for 60 RSVPs. I think we got maybe half of that. Um, still a great turnout, great crowd. Everybody everybody was in IT, a lot of good conversations. Check us out, meetup.com slash IT in the D. Um, I got to share a story. We were talking before the show and... We used to always joke that when you put stuff on Facebook as like IT in the D and you would say like, hey, free training, Coursera's opened up, coupons, you can study Azure, whatever. And we would get one like and that was maybe one comment. Um, but then we would put something like Han and Luke, you know, and Hoff going, you know, going to Meyer, need anything? And we would get like 50,000 page views. Something happened to me this week that I can't comprehend. Somebody created a LinkedIn profile, and I don't share much on LinkedIn, maybe once every two weeks, but it was Tommy Callahan III, VP of sales at Callahan Auto Parts, and they had like a high school photo of, of uh, Chris Farley with like the tie. It looked legit, and there was an aer- aerial view of looked like an auto parts shop, and it was a, someone's profile, and he was just like, hey, I just want to make people smile, and everyone's loving it, so I screen capped it. And I just put, I'm hoping LinkedIn has a sense of humor and keeps this up. Hashtag Tommy want wingy. Well, all of a sudden, my phone has not stopped going off for, I believe, seven days now. Um, for the record, I'm up to 7,500 likes of this post and 660,000 views of your post. And I can't understand it. Like, I'm getting, like, followers from all in, like, connection requests i have to i have to go through like literally 20 at a time um it's literally one of the dumbest things and i don't understand it because i could put we've put up like all these nice articles and the 10 commandments of networking and all this stuff that was like well thought out and written then you put up a stupid meme or a screen cap of tommy boy and it strikes a nerve and i don't know if that just testament on how crappy linkedin is or how how it needs to not be so serious. I know like you keep politics and all that garbage off of it, but like something like this, it's like, Oh, come on, keep it up. Keep the, keep the profile up. Um, but it's, it's amazing how that struck a nerve with everybody. So Billy, how you doing? Good to see you. <laughs> it's good to see you too, man. Good to hear from you. Yeah. It's great to hear from you too. And, uh, nice to know that, uh, your sense of humor is still intact and it's a shame that LinkedIn took that Tommy boy post down. Seriously though, and then all of a sudden, someone was like making l- like Lumberg from Office Space. <laughs> it just it you know once someone does it once, it's not funny anymore, right? Right. So, I, you know, there's a few copycats, but like you know, you've kind of uh, you know from us knowing you from the uh, from the old days to where you are now to be in like in this penthouse apartment in Detroit. It's uh it's been super fun to watch your journey, and now you are you know the owner and publisher of black magazine and my first question is like could you not afford the k because it's blac what happened (laughs) yeah uh you know supply and demand and certainly you know with covid uh you know k's were in short supply 
So right, 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 right. It's <laughs> yeah, like a so, burgers with a Z. It's like they saved right? that one letter for the neon signs outside the building, you know? Yeah. I mean, and for those who aren't familiar with with black, it's short for black life arts and culture. And that's how oh, it came I, up I with the name BLIC. Yeah, oh, well, we just learned something new. Yeah. So that's why it, it's called new. black. Yes. Uh, so, it's a nice play on words. And everybody's probably screaming right now at their uh, listening device of choice. Like, why in this day and age would you start a print magazine? Yeah, uh, that's an excellent question. And one I get all of the time. Uh, so just to give you a little bit of background, Black was started as African-American parent in 1999 and uh, by a group called Metro like You're talking parent. about like parent magazine when you're at like the pediatrician and there's that stack of Metro parents. That's right. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. Yep. So that's the group that, that started uh, African-American Parent. And then in 2009, they rebranded to Black, B-L-A-C, because it better uh, showed what their mission was, which is really just celebrating what's happening uh, in the African-American community. So when I had the opportunity to acquire it in uh, 20, April of 2020, uh, which is a great time to, to buy anything, um, I realized that what we had was a brand, not just a magazine, but something that we could build a community around. And so that's why it was important to me uh, to to take take this on. And that was when I first saw it. I'm like, I don't know if you even realize how sexy this is, Billy. Like, I'm just saying, like, from a from the from the opportunity to be a national brand. Um, I think you, I think you, know, you struck gold. Um, one of the things that kind of not threw me a curveball, but I was like, holy shit, was just the amount of cost these these days um, to print a, a, an actual touchy-feely magazine. Is that because the medium's kind of dying down and the volume isn't there, or is it paper's gone up? Is it a combination? You know, it's a, it's a combination. So I, I would tell you that uh, statistically, the African-American community reads magazines at a higher rate. Um, at two to three times the rate of the national average. And so um, that's one why it, it was a, made sense uh, as a business move. But the other is that the cost of paper has just gone through the roof. Uh, and then you combine that with the fact that printers are struggling to find uh, people to man the machines. And really? You, yep. So that's how you see the price go up. So it's, it's not cheap to print. It's got to be a struggle, though, because if you look at it, I'm, the way I'm thinking, you know, I still like touchy feely magazines. You know, Randy, be, you know, he's still. Uh, are you considered a millennial, Randy? He. Uh, I am you know, an elder millennial. An app yes. or, or phone. Yeah, elder an elder. Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> it's like, um, but you know, tablet wise. So I mean, you have to look at this as a, precious. as a. I need to print something. I need to make a sexy app or i'm not there yet i need to make sure the website's tight i need to make sure my digital's on point my social's on point i mean this isn't just a hey let's uh put out a cool articles and and you know have an awards banquet at the end of the year this is like there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of rotating pieces in this whole mess yeah there there are a lot of moving pieces um and so we've made a significant investment uh, about 90 days ago we decided to take a digital first approach and that was something that we always knew was going to come but what does that mean a digital first approach well we create as a, a lot of content um whether it's for the website for social uh you know video content 
And then we sit down in a hole and go, okay, so what's going to go into the newsletter? What's going to go into print? And so print is just one product now that we produce out of all of the content that we're creating every day. So uh, that's really been a lifesaver for us. So are you trying to go the Barstool route? And let's say it's Barstool Chicago, Barstool Boston, Barstool LA. Are you trying to go there? Are you just trying to stay like People Magazine and I'm just, we're just black. I don't care where you're at. Yeah. So the, um, the answer is yes. Uh, really to all. <laughs> so we, uh, we recently launched in Chicago, Atlanta, DC and Memphis. And while Detroit will always be home, uh, we certainly see an opportunity to take what we've built here in Detroit into other markets. So in that sense, yes, it's a lot like Barstool Sports, um, but we still have the ability to have that national appeal because of the brand itself and the fact that we stand for Black Lights Arts and Culture. So we can go into a lot of different spaces, unlike, um, you know, while our has certainly done a good job of highlighting things that are happening in the African-American community, there are different types of stories that we're able to tell because we're Black. Well, I think, too, the way, you know, hitting a local market, I think, has a lot more this is mine versus, you know, that like when you look at like, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to compare it to like Sports Illustrated, but there's always now there's it's super there's a Sports Illustrated Detroit Lions. There's a you know what I mean? There's like they're super focused now, like, you know, where they have writers and local people. And because um, you feel like you're part of it more so than just um, seeing the national stuff is like you. I, I'm not saying it'd be the same things, but it's the same. You know, it would have to be Hollywood life and, and sports. And you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, there are you, there's so many different places that you can go to find out uh, quick hits, uh, news about what's happening in entertainment, music. Um, but when it comes to having uh, that local flavor, that local appeal, there aren't many publications that do that unless they're a regional publication like Black started out as. So right. when you, you think about um, even how grassroots, how anything happens it all happens at the community level, which is why it was so important for us to be able to go in, into different communities and them have their stories told. So that it brings me up to my point. I was just thinking about it. I go, it's, it reminds me of episode 420 when we had Tom Chalani and I was asking him what, what strains he decides to grow. Um, but it kind of ties into this. Like, what do you decide? There's stuff that's obviously topical and, and new and, and like on point. There's, you know, you get your contributors, you know, and you kind of sift through it and say, this sucks. This is good. This sucks. This is great. You know, and kind of, okay, we're going to run with this. We're going to push this a month, you know, type of thing. I guess what's the process for um, how you select content? Yeah. So uh, a lot of just keeping track of what's going on in the headlines, um, doing a lot of Google searches for different communities, uh, seeing, uh, trying to identify stories that, resonate. So we always want to make sure that we have a point of view. And so it starts with sitting down and saying, okay, here's the voice and the tone of the brand, uh, because that's what we're building. So we're looking for consistency there. And that's what we give to to our writers. Uh, our team is made up of, so there's me, who's the publisher. Uh, I own it. And uh, I sort of dictate the direction we're going to go. But then I have an associate publisher, then there's an editor in chief, uh, then you have your writers and social media managers. So there's a there's a pretty significant team that helps put black together every month. 
Yeah, I mean, I, just looking at from a surface, I mean, so you're hitting music, so I would like local spot, like just artist spotlights. It almost seems like it writes itself, right? Um, spotlight a cool chef making cool food and have them put a recipe mm-hmm. out. You know, see, and that lends, it lends an interesting topic, you know, getting into short video. Because um, if you're going to do these stories with some of these cool people doing cool stuff, you know, that opens up another can of worms. Are, are you going down that road eventually? I don't, you know, or are you there? Yeah, I, I don't know. We're, we're trying to stay away from, you know, getting too deep into politics and really focusing on um, the, celebrating the best of, of what's happening uh, with African-Americans. But, they, you know, I'll give you a great example of something that we do with video content. It's called Black Happy Hour. And so every week we drop a new video where we're teaching people how to make drinks that they know, but with discovering black owned brands. So all of okay. the liquors that we use are black owned. Okay. All right. Yeah. There's actually so, a, uh, three guys opened up, uh, um, a brunch house by me with the spelled German H A U S and they're putting out fantastic food. If you guys want to do a spot on them, I'll send you the link later. Oh, um, that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Brunch house, brunch house in Auburn Hills. Okay. I, I, you, I don't know if you want to stay. It's like, you know, the Detroit hipster community. That's not Detroit. You know, are, are you playing that? Are you doing the community like Metro? Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's Metro. Um, you know, we recognize that not all of our audience lives here in the city. Um, and, you know, you've known me forever. So, you know, how long I've been trying to get into living in, um, living in the city, but I do recognize that there are things that are affecting our community outside of the Detroit proper. I don't think enough people, I think, I think enough people, the ones in the suburbs, I think realize we're all in this together and the ones in the city want to wall us out. Like you only show up and you go to the, you go to Comerica, then you drink at brass tap and you get the hell out. We're like, "Ah, not necessarily. I guess it depends on who it is. Yeah. it does. For me, me that went to, yeah, for me that went to Wayne State. It's secondhand to go to Midtown. Right. It's no different than going to you know Clinton Township and Hall Road than going to Midtown for me. It's, it's just secondhand. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say um, it's it's always interesting now watching uh, people come back. Uh, you know, because I was here when during the pandemic, and it was just in, crazy because I'd go for walks every day and there's there's just nobody and so watching the city come back to life is it's a beautiful thing so I happy wish, to see uh, it. yeah i missed the pandemic because traffic to get down to the city was beautiful there's nothing <laughs> it's like right. world war z <laughs> it's just like you're like from auburn hills to detroit in 10 minutes i was it was about i could get to midtown in about 20 i'm not even you know, like today, and it took me from Ferndale to Auburn. It took me an hour and ten minutes to get home from because of the damn That's snow. Crazy, yeah, um, yeah. I just like I'm done. I'm gonna, enough of that. It's so, kind of like slow roll. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Don't get me started on slow roll, man. <laughs> so, all right, just to, just to fill just to fill everybody in, slow roll always happened on a Monday, and our first studio was in the Russell Industrial Center, um, and we would start off drinking at Third Street. And then we would, we would, everyone drove separate and we would trek over to the Russell and every, about every other week or every third week we would get caught by slow roll. And if you don't know what slow roll is, it was just a bunch of people riding bikes really slow 
and but they would roll through red lights like a funeral procession. They wouldn't you they wouldn't obey traffic laws. And if you beeped the horn at them, they would stop and like flip you off and like shake their fist at you. And it drove me so bananas. I think Tom Lawrence is his most shared Facebook video. As I was ranting on the podcast, he's videotaping me. And I'm like, just roll with it. Just, you know, I'll probably be the most hated man in, in uh, Detroit after they see this. But you know what? I'm fine with it. It's a classic moment. You weren't, were you, I, I got to, why do I feel like you were there that day, that night? I, I may have been. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, I remember, I love Third Street and I, the Russell was great. Although there were times that, you know, I hated climbing those stairs when the elevator didn't work. And the elevator didn't work. Yeah. I did it like twice. I remember, uh, yeah, we had to carry a cooler up there when the elevator didn't work and it was just people were hating life. I just remember one time we invite like our first CIO guest. It was like episode 40 and he got lost and he's calling me on the phone going, so help me God, Bobby, if I don't hear from you in two minutes, I'm turning around going home. I'm like, stop wherever you are, you know. Um, and it was, you know, a few people losing their keys down the elevator shaft. Yeah, that was. Yeah. So, you know, oh, then, you know, all the doors getting busted open because of a marijuana bust. You know, memories. If, the, if, if you wouldn't label the outside of the doors grow one, grow two, you know, I think they wouldn't have maybe known <laughs> what you were doing, but you know, painted the doors green, <laughs> you know, right? Yeah, there was interesting characters. I, I missed that place very much. So you talked about I'm opening up a new market. Like, do you, what is, uh, you know, what, Randy, you would have had a ball. Um, you're opening up in new markets. Like, what does that, I guess, mean? Are you putting out, a completely new product, let's say in DC than you are in Detroit. Um, are you branding at DC? Are you like, you know, how yeah. are you, like, I guess you, you're starting from scratch, like distribution, the whole nine, like what, you know? Yeah. It's a, and that's the thing that was really interesting. And, and that's why it was so crucial for us to take that digital first approach as we go into new markets, because you've got to get infrastructure set up. So each city has a city editor who's responsible for the content for that city. And so if you go to our website, which is black, B-L-A-C dot media, uh, you'll see that there's a drop down menu that takes you to a different city. So while there's evergreen content that works for every city, th- we have a large percentage of stories that are specific to that area. So we'll do like artists of the week, uh, or we'll tell the story of a local nonprofit. So each market is unique and the product that we put together for them is unique as well. Cool. Now, are you like, um, I don't want to put anybody on the spot, but I know a lot of people doing a lot of cool stuff in the city. Um, I'll give an example. Kari Fraser, like Detroit is different. Are you like kind of like working together with folks like Kari and like kind of embracing what he's doing and kind of incorporating into yours? Are you trying to stay like neutral, I guess what, you know, I'm just curious, like uh, how much you're collabing with with some of the cool groups going on. Yeah. I, so for the longest time, um, Black has really told stories about what's happening, but we have been pretty intentional about reaching out to groups. And that's something that's happened in it more recent because I spent the first year and a half really just sort of flying the plane, seeing what was going on, what where we had been and planning out where we wanted to go. So, you know, watching what Kari's doing, that's absolutely a story we would tell. Uh, we would love to have him write an opinion piece about some of the stuff, the work that he's doing. So that's how we're really reaching out is trying to give voices and being that platform that people can come and tell their story. 
Uh, and sure. that's really how we're collaborating. I was going to say I'd help you with the meetups, but I don't think they want a six foot three German uh, inviting them at the door when they walk in. <laughs> well, we know, you know, I still remember the frosted tips. Oh, you uh, no, oh, yeah. So, so we, so we know you're down. That's when I had hair. <laughs> I was, uh, I was showing people pictures of like walking me walking into the barber going, I want to look like Brian Bosworth. Can you make that happen? And I grew the mullet out and I had the blue gargoyles. Oh yeah. That was, it was now in, you know, and now have you ever seen that picture? I don't know if I've seen that picture. picture, I need to see that picture. Oh, it's so good. Uh, What was that group? (laughs) What's that? What was that group from the, uh, from the eighties, nineties that all for love. I'm trying to think of what song that was, but you look like the lead singer from one of those eight, late eighties, early nineties bands. Are you talking like R&B? color me bad? That's it. He's the lead singer from color me bad. I'm telling uh, you, you look just like it. The guy, that, the guy that got super fat. Thanks a lot, Billy. I appreciate you. But, <laughs> yeah. Cause there was, the, no, there was the, there was the George no because I remember if I remember color me bad correctly it was the George Michael guy, the Kenny G guy, right. the um, the guy with the pencil thin mustache that looked you know kind of looked like a forty right. gangster and then there was the Rick James guy. Um, yeah, it was like the boy the boy bands for uh, middle aged women. Right, right, totally. Um, so I'm just um, I got a hundred things I still need to ask you. Like yeah, just, just do rapid fire. No, yeah. Uh, favorite? No, I'm just kidding. Um, right. So, are you getting? Is it to the point now? Because I mean, you know, I got into a metro car, and your magazine was in the in the back, you know, in the back seat, and I kind of I remember taking a picture and texting you, going, "So proud, Billy." Um, <laughs> but you know, are you getting people calling, going like, "Hey, I got to be a part of this. I need, I need, you know, is it gotten to that point? I assume it is, but you know, I want I want to hear it from you. It it, it is. Um, I you know there was a lot going on at the time in in which I acquired um, Black back in April, uh, so I I've been pretty quiet on social and uh, sort of taking a hiatus because it was overwhelming. The number of people that reached out, they were saying congratulations. Uh, how can we help? What we can do to get involved? We have some ideas on changes that you can make. So you know just the the support has been amazing uh but at times overwhelming and just trying to sift through and make sure that you get back to people and you know quite honestly filtering out some of the noise yeah i mean it's uh i could see it being overwhelming when almost to the point where you're ready now going all right yeah i'm ready let's talk yeah. you know <laughs> right um you should stop being quiet though knock it off stand uh, on that stand on that pedestal start shouting you're right start i mean shouting from the mountaintop no, I'm serious. So you got a uh, it's a it's an insanely sexy brand um, that I can't be a part of, and that's okay though because I'm happy for you. So, well, <laughs> you know, I I think we can find we can find a place for you, Bob. No, the food, the sure. music, the food, the music, right? the booze scene. I'm all all in. Yeah, I still uh, I still remember the story when we took uh, Neil to um, oh my god the jazz place on Seven in Livernoy. Um, and uh, the, like it's the famous jazz place. And we're, we're ordering food. You're talking about Baker's Keyboard Lounge? Baker's, thank you. I yeah. don't know why I had a brain fart. Um, we're ordering food, and he starts bitching about four, it's $4 for ranch at this place. What the hell's going on? And I go, what, where do you see $4 for ranch? And he goes, right here. It says dressing, $4. I'm like, 
idiot. Like this it's soul food and stuffing. And he's like, I didn't it's know like, I grew up Polish, <laughs> you know. Like that's so great. I love that. Every, story. T- every time we see like, hey, it's four dollars for for dry. Like we still mock up yeah. this day for that one. I you know, I think you bring up a good point that I, I should I want to address, which is while black is uh black life arts and culture, the magazine really is for anyone who's interested. And what's happening with the culture and with the community. They, if they want to discover uh, new music, if they want to uh, find recipes, you know, black owned brands, I think anyone who's looking to support or better understand what's happening, it's, it's worth picking up or going to our website and checking out. Well, that's what I was saying. There's nothing in there that I wouldn't be interested in. Cause I mean, we all grew up, you know, eating Detroit food like restaurants you know we all grew up on on hip-hop and heavy metal most of us did or at least the suburb kids did um you know mo- we all grew up watching you know black culture just as part of much as an important part of our cultures it was you know what i'm saying like sanford yeah. and son and and good times that was that was on just as much as anything else was in our house um yep. and if you look of- yeah i mean black culture is 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 weaved in throughout everything that you really see in pop culture today. And so, um, you know, I was just, I was laughing because I asked Siri to play something. Uh, I'm like, Hey, can you play like the top 25 songs and shuffled And you know, more than half were hip hop. R&B. Sure. Yeah, sure. Well, that's, you know, what music is bad, right? I mean, not saying it's awful, but it's been, it's not been, it's not been very creative lately. Let's just be candid. Um, are we just boomers? Because I was going to say the same thing. I'm like, are we just the old guys that are like, back in my day, the music was so much better? No, because if you listen, if you, I had a talk with my daughter about this, and I was, we're watching a football game, and they were playing Zombie Nation and White Stripes, Seven Nation Army. You know, like, da 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 I go, all these songs are 20, 25 years old. I go, could you imagine in 94 when we were, when we were coming up, they would be playing songs from 1970, like, Casey and the Sunshine Band, the whole crowd's going nuts. Right. It's like, no, that, 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 no. <laughs> but like, I could play Daft Punk right now, a 25 year old song, and would pack a dance floor. Like, oh, it, yeah. it just, it's just very weird how music is just, it kind of stopped. Um, and I don't know why. So I, I wrote a, I read a blog about it. It was complaining, you know, just um, the way music is dist- distributed now. Um, there, there's not that whole, playing at CBGBs and being seen by a producer and playing the dive bars. And you know what I mean? Like kind of coming up, you're, you're, you know, like me and Nuri were talking about putting out a techno track, like some cover and just throwing it on SoundCloud. I mean, that's how people yeah. get discovered these days. It's crazy. You know, that leads me to um, a topic that, you know, we were, we've been tossing around um, over here, which is sort of the, the rise of the specialist or the person everybody's got their own Instagram. Everybody's trying to become an influencer and there's so much noise. And, um, you know, if you think about back in the day, sort of the early days of creating social digital, uh, you had people who had to teach themselves. So they understood it all. Now you've got people who are like, I only know how to use Instagram and that's it. And, Outside of that, they don't know how to market themselves, don't know how to put together a strategy for building a brand. And so that, and I think part of that goes to the issue with uh, why music is what it is today. But if you look at too, like, I believe in a month, I just booked the interview. It's a family. I've known her for 
probably 20 years. She got married, had kids. The husband yeah. was a digital marketer, started a TikTok channel, has 4 million subscribers and started YouTube this year and has a million subscribers. Yep. And all it is is like him screwing around with his kid and it's like these little 10 second snips and they're like, you know, they got signed already. They're doing ads for whatever monster drink and right. You know, they're probably making more than, than their family doctor. Um, yes. and so it's a, it's a crazy world. It's wild, wild West and nobody knows why. There's no rhyme or reason. Uh, I mean, think about, we could have gotten paid to play Nintendo or Atari Right, yeah. there are kids that just all day just sit and play video games, and then other kids watch them play video games. It's crazy. That was uh, one of my favorite times when on voting day we always brought the kids in, and Dave was trashing on my daughter and her friends for watching. This was when Twitch—I didn't even think Twitch existed—and uh, it was in its infancy. And they're like, "You got? Why do you guys watch people playing video games?" And she says, "Mr. Dave, um, do you watch hockey on TV?" And he says, "Well, sure." And she says, why don't you go outside and play it instead? And he's like, you're, you're right. You're right. You got me. Um, That's true. I catch myself too. Like when, uh, when quarantine started, I, me, you know, me and a couple of guys from high school started playing uh, Call of Duty. And we got moderate at it. But then there was all these videos on how to get better and which gun to use and advantages. And I started watching these. And now, like, when I look at my recommended, half my feed is like Call of Duty tips and tricks. And, um, but some of them are hilarious. And then I watch like the best of clips and I laugh like it's, it's ridiculous. I'm a 48 year old man that laughs at call of duty clips. And, you know, I have a potty word name, um, as my call name. I know. Right. And there's so much great content today. That's, uh, and it's a shame. Some of it's just getting missed because there's so much being generated every single day. Did you buy any, you probably didn't cause it, uh, off you're too young for this but they had the i love lucy doc uh, movie on um on amazon prime and what? javier bardem javier bardem was ricky ricardo and uh who the hell was lucy it was someone famous but it was about someone she her grandfather was a communist and <laughs> so when she registered to vote she checked that she was a communist and someone found out and then they was all over the paper and they had to have like the president of the United States call and say, no, Lucy's not a communist. She made a mistake <laughs> 25 years ago. Well, the, the, the whole point of that, the whole point of this is they were talking about their ratings. And he says, like, during this time slot, 60 plus million people watch I Love Lucy on TV. Water bills go down during I Love Lucy. Like, just it was like a phenomenon. Like, people would just stop what they're doing. But if you look at it now, like the, the biggest Super Bowl gets what, 20 million, 25 million? Right. And you think about it back then, because it was it was so limited in content, everyone stopped what they were doing and watched I Love Lucy at That's 8 o'clock right. on Channel yeah. 2. Right, yeah. And you think about yeah. how many people there was in the 50s. It wasn't near the population we have now. And they were getting 60 million people ratings or watching this damn show. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Super Bowl, I can't – did you see the uh, – this the sneak peek, the commercial that they dropped for. Uh, oh yeah, new, yeah. If you, didn't get, if you didn't get the if you didn't get the chills up your neck, man, you're not human. Oh my gosh, it was so cool, and I love that they gave Mary J. Blige some some camera time too. Yeah, I think so too. I always like the um, 
I always like just being me. Like I like to get everyone involved. So I always liked the years it was like, you know, run DMC and Aerosmith, or it was like, the, yeah. like a collab with like a, like a rock band and like a, a hip hop or just to try to transcend, you know, to be honest, I thought the weekend was great. I know everybody kind of trashed on it. I'm like, what do you I want? I thought he did a great job too. Yeah. Like, what do you guys want? I don't, you know, it was good. I know that people are like, the worst thing that I do right now in my life is read internet comments on things I like. Cause like book of Boba, book of Boba, book, book of Boba Fett right now is like King for me being a star Wars nerd growing up. Yeah. And you know, it's, I love every minute of it. And then I read and everybody just shits all over it. I don't like the biker gang. I don't like, he should be a badass and not try to reason with people. And I'm like, you know, you're playing people envision what it, you know, rest pro wrestling too. I'm a huge pro wrestling fan. Everyone bitches about the writing. And I'm like, just cause you would have done it that way. Just enjoy it, man. It's driving me crazy. It's as if the internet was made for complaining. Seriously. I went to, um, what bar? Oh, me and, uh, what bar was rated like garbage. Oh, it was two Ralu. Um, we go to Rochester downtown a lot for, you know, date night and just for dinner and maybe happy hour. Two Ralu is a great bar. The guy that owned O tools in Royal Oak opened it up and it's just basically decent food. Not great. Good drink. Not great. Ton of TVs. It's on a it's on a corner, so all the windows open up in the summertime. It's just it's a really cool yeah. hangout. Rated three star, and everybody. I mean, I've never. I don't know. I was reading it, and I go, I've never had bad service there. I've never had a bad plate of food there. It's never been great, but it's never been like I don't know what you want. Like, well, you know how it goes, right? Because you've read the comments, it, you know, where somebody gives a review. They're like, I asked for an extra set of napkins, and it took ten minutes to get them. Yeah. Well, that's like people expect. I don't know what they, the one was. I remember vividly is like the bartender walked past me three times and didn't address me. And I'm like, <laughs> if you've ever gone to a busy bar, like they'll get you when they'll get you. Like if they're just standing there picking their nose and, and scrolling their phone, sure. But they're hustling, you know? Um, and I think that's the hardest part. Like if you look at like, you know, downtown bars right now, especially in, like I wanted to kind of segue into you know, Detroit life right now. Oh yeah. Of like, course. It's a, uh, it's a weird time. There's just, there's some bars like, you know, usually it was like in the summer, if there wasn't a baseball game, it was a ghost town. Yeah. I mean, right now it's a Monday night and I can tell you that uh, it is a ghost town, not just because of the snow, but in a lot of places have adjusted their hours for COVID. Uh, one of my uh, bars that I like to go to uh, the block, which is black Island. It's here in Midtown. And um, they're closed on, I think it's Mondays, and they open up for lunch on Tuesdays. But, you know, we're seeing yeah. a lot of that. I went to, I took my mother to Frankenmuth just to, like, get some brunch. And play, I wanted to go to this new place called Prost. It's a wine bar, like charcuterie mm-hmm. place, uh, Lunchables, you know, adult Lunchables. Oh, and yeah. uh, they're like, it was like two 2.30, and she goes, it's a 20-minute wait. I'm like, that's cool. She goes, kitchen will be closed, you know, in 10 minutes afterwards. So you're probably not going to get an order in. And then the bar closes at three 30. I'm like, it says 10 o'clock outside. She goes, yeah, new hours, new hours. Like, yeah. All right. You know? Yeah. Have you guys, uh, you guys been down, uh, hanging out anywhere? Yeah. yeah. Fancy fun downtown. Nothing crazy. I mean, we went to, uh, uh, I stayed at the siren, went to candy bar, went to Wright and co. Um, during the holidays, you know, we always we try to hit a few places. 
we don't yeah. uh, we don't have our studio at Shipco anymore, so we don't really go down. You know, uh, but I try to get down there twice a month, at least for uh, you know for drinks, or whatever. Yeah, and I feel like there's still um, you know while there's a shortage of of help, there's still a shortage of restaurants. Right, they're booked up. Uh, it's, you know, it's hard to get a reservation, which is great. It's nice to see. Um, but you'd also love to see some more restaurants coming down to the city for sure. Well, I remember at one point there, it was ridiculous how many things were opening up and we've seen that just drastically slow down right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know if, you know, again, I think it got too much at one point. There was just, you know, there's, there's places. What's the place Randy? I talked about these super guile, the cocktail bar. Yeah been dying yeah. to go there and i just don't, i just haven't gone right there's places i'm like yeah. you know there's certain days i'm like you know hey let's pack up and go down to this you know we're like eh, you know i don't i don't and it's just you know, so hard to find i don't food get sometimes after like 9 p.m sometimes too like everything's oh yeah, oh, yeah. they do like don't even get me started. five to nine but, you know the there. nice thing is that yeah. garden bowls <laughs> well yeah you, you know, got lafayette and garden bowl always yeah, uh, you can always get a, a slice of garden bowl at right. Sergeant Pepperonis. So uh, I've, I've, I've definitely made it. You know, a I'm a times. big slice person. Yeah. What other have you been? Uh, what's the? Are there any new hot spots? Uh, you know, I've been. Uh, I think that what I've been hearing because I don't go out as much as I should, uh, but you got a bar in your lobby for crying out loud. Yeah. I mean the, the hammer and nail, uh, is open now. I love and then that place. Uh, certainly dude, I, there's cliff bells, which is always good if you're, you're looking for some jazz when you're downtown. Uh, but I'm like hanging out at some of the, you know, dive bars, right. Yeah. Honest John's, uh, you know, we there's found the, Jumbos. Have you been there? I have not been to Jumbos. Jumbos was was your uh, was like not even your grandpa's basement. It was like your great grandpa's basement. Oh, that's you fantastic! Walked, oh, you walked in there and you were like, "Oh, what am I doing? Like, where am I?" And every light's on, and there's like tables with like cheap tablecloths, like like they just set up for like a crockpot banquet, like. Yeah, it's it's one of those, and there's like old drawings of like the old man that owned it in the '60s, you know, or whatever mm-hmm. '70s. Um, yeah. Oh, you know what? Speaking of something cool, old school, uh, barcade. That's a place that I like to spend some time. It's old school arcade games. Yeah, we've been yeah. going there. Um, they have the you know me growing up at Butterfly Suite at 14 mm-hmm. in Van Dyke. Um, they these this is the cleanest arcade I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's um, so great. The, the 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 machines are literally impeccable they're flawless like i've never seen anything like it um the bar is great um you know what i love there's a bartender there and i came back maybe three months later with the same crew and you know but i mean i don't expect people to remember me i'm kind of you know and he's like he brings me a shot of fernet because i was trying to get a shot of jaeger they didn't have it so i started yeah. drinking fernet and he pops down a shot he goes shot of fernet and i go the hell do you remember? He goes, man, I got, you know, so yeah, like, I always like those, those bartenders. Yeah. There's a few in town, man. That just still that, you know, that know what you like or remembered you. I'm like, how did that, you know, it just it always, uh, always blows my mind. Yeah. yeah. Hey, did you hear a Gucci source coming down? Coming it to did. town? Where's it going? Yeah. Uh, I, it's going to be downtown. I, I'm not exactly sure. I, cause I didn't 
pay that much attention, but I, I just know it's downtown. But there was a, a lot of there was a little bit of hate coming out about Gucci Why? coming here. Uh, you know, people were right. You know, on the internet comments talking about, well, why would uh, Gucci come here when they, you know, we're not even supporting local stores? But it, that doesn't make any sense to me. Gucci should come I mean, here. Why not? Varvado bounced. Yeah. And I'm not sure. Do you know why they left? No. Hmm. I never liked them. Nobody could afford $300 blank t-shirts? Yeah. Yeah, that too. Well, I mean, you could take a pen and put a dot on it, and then you can charge $325. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then you just call it art. Well, I know they opened. What is the um, the the sun or the eyeglass store that sponsored our show once? And we all got a free pair of glasses. Is um, it C? They got a, uh, yeah, no, uh, not C. That's the the Warby local. It's the national brand. Warby Parker. Oh, that's right. So it's it's nice though because I mean I remember this is going back to like 2001 when that whole like lofts at Woodward were like just getting built. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was not, but they, and they stayed empty. Like I remember the Super Bowl. you know, my sister-in-law got uh, hired to design store, fake storefronts. All those fake um, storefronts. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you think about it and you drive down there now and you're like, shit, they're like one vacancy away from this thing being full. It, it's fun. It's great. Like it's, you know, I can't imagine what happens when that Hudson's building goes up. I mean, watching that thing go up is it, it's impressive because you know for a while it was just a big hole, and you know they were doing so much work in in the big hole, but you couldn't it didn't feel like anything was happening. So it's really cool watching that thing go up. And I think the one thing too is like I don't see or hear maybe it's quiet now, but like the Gilbert Illich hate that I think everybody had because I think they finally put their money where their mouth is. They're starting to rehab these buildings. They're starting to put out cool stuff. And I think people are finally seeing it going, you know, I know that granted the surface parking lot jokes are never going to get old. Um, <laughs> um, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, what can you do? It's Detroit. Um, but I think people are finally seeing oh, hey, like, Gucci Oh my God, is, this is uh, like, I've, I, yeah, Gucci's where? going in uh, corner of the library and grand river right next door to our friends at uh, CBI. Oh, I know that area. Oh, I bet you uh, some. Uh, you know, the comic book shop moved out. I wonder if they're going in Vault of Midnight. Uh, I think that's a in Vault moved. Down. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 the same though. And that's Bronx bars or yeah. a kitty corner from there. Yeah, yeah. I like yep. I like that area. Yeah, that's a great area for that to go. I'm still trying to figure out where the target's going to go and if that's actually going to happen. Because it was interesting that they made the announcement, but I don't know that they made a commitment to the date. It, it's got to be Wayne State Campus, no? Yeah, I, it looks like it's it's going to be on the corner of Woodward and, and Mac, which is also MLK. Uh, oh, yeah. Sort of across the street from the Whole Foods. Yeah, yeah. That's what I figured. If it's not going there, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. And, I, you know, have you guys been to Brush Park lately? Uh, really driven enough. through it, but I yeah, been it there. just it just looks so different. Um, you know, because the view from here, you can see everything going up, and it's just a um, lot of modern looking. And it are you talking about the left of the Rensen? Left uh, of the M, and there's like those townhouses, and there's some retail. 
Yeah, right across the street from uh, the dojo, Little Caesars Arena. Those where those townhouses are. Yeah, right behind that. That's Brush Park. Oh, okay, no, Just, no, no. I'm thinking. Oh my God, Billy, those things were going during the recession. Uh, me and my buddy Tulio were t- talking about it. They were going for like 149. Those condos yeah. across from the dojo. Yeah. Yeah. How great are the people feeling that bought those for 149? Yeah, they were when they yeah. first got dropped. They were 199. I'm like. I don't know. Right. Um, but then they dropped to like one. There was some of them were 129, 149. We're like, should we do it? Like I almost moved into 743 Bobian above uh, Nikki's Pizza when I was a right the year before I got married. Um, there was, a, yeah, like 4,000 square foot loft for like 2,700 a month. That's I was going to get two buddies and g- go in there. But it was like, all right, what am I going to do if I get all my fr- – how do I get my furniture up here? One. Two, you know, what do I do if I need something at the grocery store? I mean, there was – the. I think There's the casino nothing. just – I don't even think the casino was up at this time. This is 01. Yeah. There's not, there was not a lot going on at that time. Uh, no, there's a neighborhood – there's a neighborhood to the left. Um, if you're looking directly at GM and if you go left, like um, there's a neighborhood that's down there. My, my uh, cousin's old – shop was down the detroit elevator and they built Got like they built this neighborhood and i um i'll have to i don't know what it's called the neighborhood's called but it was so stinking cool i had to take like eight laps through it because they had there's a little area that has re- coffee shop retail thing going on um but it, i'm just sprouted out of nowhere and it, it's gorgeous i mean literally you like you feel like you're in a different city yeah that's for sure uh, there's a new development that's happening. Uh, it's well, it's a rehab of, uh, and I, I know we're bouncing around here, but I, as things are coming up, I'm like, oh, I, I should tell these guys about it. Uh, so like Lee Plaza, which is on, uh, I think that's West Grand Boulevard. It's this amazing old sort of art deco building, and it's going to be converted into, uh, there's going to be affordable housing and so senior housing uh, and yeah, I can't wait to see that come back to life. So, and that's with the. Do they ever do anything with the tiny houses? Yeah, the the tiny houses that development did go up, and I highly recommend if you get a chance to drive through because it's just <laughs> it's it's cute, but it's also you're like I don't know how anybody li- could live in one of those. It's like I mean, sixty five so houses small. all all in a yeah. Pretty, <laughs> I like to be able to stand up when I get pretty up. Pretty much, <laughs> right. You know, basically, you roll over and you're like, "All right, I'm going to empty the dishwasher." All right. <laughs> so, hey, if I want to grab a copy of your magazine, where uh, is there any place special to go? Where do I go get it? Yeah, Can you subscribe uh, online to get it mailed, or what's? Yep, you, absolutely. So, I'm going to list out all the ways in which, uh, if you'd like to support Black, um, so you can subscribe to our newsletter, which is Black Fridays, uh, and you can do that at black.media, b-l-a-c.media. Uh, you can also subscribe to the magazine for uh, to have it delivered to your home, or you can pick them up at uh, Busted Bra Shop, um, and that's another sh- shameless promotion because that's one of the businesses that I'm part owner of. Yeah, yeah. I always yeah. wondered, like, how, I always wondered why I subscribe to them on Instagram because I always see this picture of this bra. I go, why do I subscribe? I go, oh my god, it's Billy's. I totally forgot. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. So, um, but thanks a lot for, cause I think we're coming up on it, but thank you guys yeah, yeah. for having me on the show and a lot has changed, but you guys are the ones that I've come up with. I mean, I remember the very first time that we met 
at Tipsy McStaggers. And that's I think they dropped the McStaggers. I think it's just called Tipsy's now. It's just Tipsy's now. Uh, So that was, what was that, 2010, 2011, something like that? Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, so we've known each other for a while, and it's it's just good watching everybody come up and, and just being able to catch up. Yeah, and I won't. I still won't delete that video of you at the casino doing that dance to whatever song that was. <laughs> I yeah. I said thank you for texting that over. By the way, I forgot all about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, it's been it's been super fun watching uh, you you evolve and and kind of like I said, this thing's this thing's gonna hit gold, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna be behind your rooting the whole time. So uh, can't wait to hang out again and have a drink and share some stories and uh, and. Uh, keep watching you grow so uh we're gonna wrap things up episode 424 of the it and the d show I'd like to thank billy strotter black dot media black magazine on behalf of bob and randy do us all a favor drink up your drinks get your phone numbers you don't gotta go home you just gotta get the hell out of here see you next week drive careful beat it